Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, February 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that feels a lot like Scott Lawton right now. We cannot repeat on this show what he said. It's a family show, but oh, is that a perfect sentiment? It is, and I've got that Mike Yo feeling right now. Ugh. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's loss to the Washington Capitals. We're going to get into some trade scenarios for Claude Giroux with specific return. And we'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Oh, Russ, man, I was feeling so good about this one until the last three minutes. It really, you know, Mike Yo said it was like a 57-minute game, and I and mm-hmm. I get it. It's just, I feel bad. He is running out of answers, and he's not the first coach to do that with this group. And we could talk about, you know, injuries, and he doesn't. I give him credit. He only mentioned it, like, for a half second, but it was just in a con. He, he said it in the right context, so I'm not even wouldn't even say anything bad about that. It's just there is no full 60-minute drive in these players. In a few of them, there are. You know, if you want, you know, you could single them out. And, you know, Jerry Mayhew, again, mm-hmm. if he's your best player, you're in trouble. now. And they may earn him a contract, and good for him. He's a good guy, uh, you know. But, again, it's just – there is nobody willing to step up for this team in a big situation. Like Jerry Mayhew's the guy right now. Scott Lawton may be the other guy, but there's so many other players on this team that you would look at and say, who is actually going to step up and win this game? And the answer is nobody. Yeah, it's just such a shame because I think a lot of other guys did have really good games up until that point. You could point to Travis Konechny. You could talk to Travis Sanheim about it as well and you know I think that those 57 minutes were a lot of fun I gotta say it it was a it was a really good classic Flyers Caps game uh, very physical little too much time in the penalty box on both sides I would say but there were also missed calls to get angry about I mean it just felt like a really good fun Flyers hockey game and Mike Yo is right I mean it these guys could hang with anybody. The problem is they can't for the full 60 minutes. But right. I, I do want to talk about a few things that they were doing well in this game. Because I think it has been over the last two games, really, in the Pittsburgh game until they 
fell apart there too, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were aggressive on the forecheck. They were carrying the puck through the zone. I did think that the Caps were slightly better than the Flyers were at tying things up in the neutral zone in terms of who was getting better opportunities on the rush. I will absolutely concede that. But when the Flyers did break through, they were making quick, clean passes and getting good opportunities. And it just, it was fun. It was. I mean... Look, Martin Jones didn't necessarily help himself in this game, but you're right. There were guys playing well. We saw some, you know, good two-on-one breaks, like with Konechny, like you were saying. The What really killed him is, again, the power play. Like, it's just, you know, yeah, this was a game where Alex Ovechkin, by the way, kept fanning on the puck. Like, how many times mm-hmm. is that Oh, he had happen? a terrible game. Right. How many times is that going to happen in a season? And on a five-on-three that's when James Van Reemsdyke started to go to the net when it was a five on three situation. Cause it's much easier. And that's the little things that kind of bug me when you're having a good game like that. And it takes, you know, like easy point time to try and get more out of players. Even late in that game, I just didn't see any urgency. I really didn't. I mean, look, John Carlson, he'll tell you 10 out of 10 times. I can't believe that puck went in. Right. Like that's just, you know, bad luck, right? But he had to get the puck and be able to shoot it around. It is frustrating because you played the game the right way for a lot, a lot of that game, and then it just it fizzled away in a short amount of time. Again, they're not all going to go that way, and they're not all going to be that heartbreaking. But at this point in the season, you do have to figure out what's working and what isn't. And honestly... I don't even know if you could figure out the right line combinations anymore. Like he put Mayhew on the top line and guess what? He did provide a spark. So good for Mike. Yo, that did work, Mm -hmm. but there's just so many lines that are just sometimes just kind of going aimlessly out there. It, It is remarkable. The amount of talent out there and the fact that they can't figure out the right combination to make it work is just so frustrating. Um, I, you know, I will say, again, Isaac Radcliffe in limited time made his presence known out there. I think he put his body in the right spots when he needed He to. should have gotten more minutes. He should have, too. I thought he looked really good on power play, too. He did. Well. I looked at one point, and he had about nine and change with about five minutes to go in the game or something. And I was like, why? Why didn't he get more time in this game? Again, This is the part where I'll blame on the coaching staff. You're not going to make the playoffs. Yes, you have some veterans on this team, but you got a guy like Ratcliffe who you brought up because you wanted a big body there. You wanted him to be a presence, and yet you're limiting his time. Why? I just think there's a better combination in that bottom six than they've put together that would be a lot more successful. And, you know, I think Frost is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle in, in all of this, I, he just, I don't think he had a good game last he night. He looked okay on the power play, too, for maybe yeah. that last one. But I agree. He got lost in the shuffle a bit. Uh, I think Max Wilman's probably hit a little bit of a wall. Like, I can't blame some of these guys. These, they're in uncharted territory for some of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, that's where the vets have to sort of pick them up. And I get it. Like, on, on the defensive pairings, this is maybe the weakest that they've probably been all year. And, you know, Sanheim did step up. Like, he's been stepping up the last 
probably two weeks. He's mm-hmm. really he's really done well. But you know, there's more to the game than that. And that the other part that sort of gets you is, you know, I think Wilson knew what he was doing by kind of um getting at Lawton. He knew Lawton was gonna bubble over there. And he did, and he got Yandel to throw a punch, right? Yeah, that was a real, I mean, it was dumb. Yanda was absolutely right that he got elbowed first, but you always, you know, the second punch is the one they always see, right? And they did, and the guy with mm-hmm. ref was right there. Mm-hmm. And, but that just shows you the level of frustration that was out on the ice, and the Capitals did not play a good game. I thought Samsonov was actually pretty good, but they didn't play a good game. But you know what the issue was? They're... Their guys, their tough guys, could sense that they could get them, they could goad them, and they could get them off their game. And they did it in the last couple of minutes. And I, I that's where they got them. Yeah, and that's all it took. And again, it just kind of wasted all of that really good effort earlier in the game. You know, one of the things we've been talking about, which they did in the Pittsburgh game as well, is they got a lot more shots net front. Than usual, they weren't coming from JVR a ton, as you have mentioned, but, you know, other guys were getting net front and getting a lot of opportunities and they scored three of them in that general area. Maybe one of them was a little further away, but two, you know, two of the three goals were net front and, you know, Mayhew had a couple wraparounds that didn't go and they were doing all the right things. And it just seemed like whatever they were trying to accomplish in practice, they were executing on and they just couldn't hold it together. And I don't know. <laughs> Look, Mike, I believe Yo's doing all the right thing. Do I believe the message is getting through to everybody? I don't. And that's yeah. not his fault. I think it's just like it's it's becoming systemic now. This whatever it is, 17 of 19, it's it's snowballing. And it's hard to stop it when it's snowballing. That is true. Well, we will see if they can get it together the next time around. Uh, The bar is low, but hopes are high, as they say. (laughs) I like that. That's a good shirt. And uh, we're going to continue to see if they can at least improve things systemically over the rest of this season. But there's trade deadline talk to to get to and that of course means Claude Giroux so we'll be getting to that right after this so this is the time of year that normally I would have given up on my new year's resolutions but not this year I'm sticking to it thanks to Built Bar have you tried Built Bar Puffs if not you're missing out on the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they are a treat Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorites. And all Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you're going to be blown away. Bilt Bars are high protein and low calorie. They're high fiber, but low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, they're going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have so many delicious flavors for their regular bars as well, like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, 
New for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. And make sure to check out today's episode of Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. I will be there. And on yesterday's show, we talked all about Canada's gold medal winning game versus USA. Today's a- I know. I know. I had a dress up on Twitter about by, for losing a bet to Tara Sloan. I was not thrilled, but it's okay. But it was great hockey, and we had a lot it of was. fun talking about it. And on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the broadcast and how people liked watching these Olympics. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, you know, we've been sort of dancing around the elephant in the room right now with a potential trade for Claude Giroux. And we've talked in general terms about what we want in return for him. But we should really start looking at potential trade partners and specific assets to get in return. So, Russ, remind us what your general return that you were looking for for Giroux. My general return for Claude Giroux was... Uh, either a first and a top five prospect and another good prospect or a top five prospect, a top 10 prospect, and maybe some other pick or maybe not even a pick depending on how good the prospects are. And for myself, I was with you on the first, the top five, but not the one or two prospect because none of these teams are going to give them up. They're not. Maybe a three to five prospect. And then I want a real live player in return to fill the void because we have to have a body in there because the Flyers don't have any right now. Mm -hmm. All right. So the top contender right now, according to the rumor mill, is Colorado and you know, the first thing off the bat is they don't have a first round pick this year. So the no. first round pick that they would potentially hand over is a 2023. And I'm not mad about that if that's what it ends up being, because next year's draft is also pretty good. It is. And I mean, I, I'm not going to start going through all that, but I do have a small list of players from it. It It is pretty good, but I could still handle not having a first depending on what the return is. And we, we can get into that. Yeah, one of the challenges with Colorado is they have very limited cap space. Right now, they're, I think, at about a million and a half going into the trade deadline. So they would have to get rid of somebody else to make room. And of course, there's the salary retention possibility. I think most trade partners for this would assume that the Flyers would hold a third to a half of his salary. It would have to be a half, I'm told, just to get a really decent return. It, even mm-hmm. the, the return's mitigated just because of all the money. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it's a huge deal just because it's an expiring contract. So it's not like a huge amount of money to commit to no. for the long term. And there's cap space because so many guys are on LTIR and, you know, there'll be a lot of kids with low ELC salaries by the end of the season. Yeah, but I also think that Sackick's long-range plan is to try and keep Giroux there because he knows he's going to lose Nazem Kadri. And if he mm-hmm. gets and if he gets that done, 
then he's done something pretty good there. So as far as the Colorado prospects, obviously Newhook is off the table. Like, yeah, it's no not question. Happening. So looking further down their depth chart, you know, you've got Drew Hellison, you've got Martin Kaut. Like, who who are we looking at here? Yeah, and we should mention that Bowen Byram's probably not on the uh, on mm-hmm. the list either, even though he does have concussion problems. But they still love him, and I don't blame him. He's a great player. Okay, so. I would have Barron's ahead of Hellison, but Barron's is more of a long-term guy. He's really super creative. He's fast. He's smart. He's amazing on offensive zones, uh, entries. He plays good defense. He's not the biggest guy. He's like 5'10", um, but he could really play the position. It could be a number one power play guy. But I get where the Flyers are right now. So if you get Barron's, you got to wait till he's done with college or at least another couple of years of college. Because Denver is a powerhouse right now where he is. So you're not getting him for a while. So Barron's probably off the table for what they want. So you look at Drew Hellison. You know, he looked pretty good in the Olympics. As good as that U.S. team could look. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not. This is not the day for it. No, but, um, but I like Hellison. He was good with the program. But when he got away from the program, he was able to do more with, with BC. And so that's. It was good to for him to be in the spotlight a bit more. He um, He's really smart. He's fast. He makes good decisions. He's kind of like a younger Justin Braun with more a little bit more offensive ability, but I don't think he's running your power play or even your second power play. But he does get points in the game for just smart plays, good passes, blocking shots, things that you do that you do when you're a good defenseman that you just, you know, manage to get points out in a game. And I think that's where his value is. And I think he's a second pairing guy. So I would want him. I would want Cout. Uh, They're not going to get Olofsson. It's just not happening. The guy's got an elite elite shot. Like you're just not getting him. Sakura, they could get, but the problem with Sakura is he might be a quadruple A guy. And I like Dylan Sakura. I've watched him a lot. And I don't think I would want him in this trade. I want Cout because he still hasn't played a ton of games as a pro. He's getting there. He's got the right attitude. He is terrific in the crease. He's got a really quick release. So if he if you get the puck to him whether it's on the power play or otherwise, it's off his stick quickly. He's got a little jam to his game. He's got a little physicality to his game. So this this guy is is the guy that I want. He's over that heart problem. Remember he had that heart issue. Oh, right, right. Yeah, nobody even talks about that anymore. Tyson Jost just hasn't lived up to, you know, his what everybody thought he would be, including me. And I, I covered him in the under 18s, and I thought, wow, Tyson Jost could be really good, but he just hasn't improved enough. So I'd stay away from him. Uh, Comfer is terrific on faceoffs; like he's really good, and he's yeah. a very, he's a very good center. I just, I think his salary is going to get in the way of what um, the Flyers are trying to do. I think that's the only issue there. Yeah, that's kind of my question because Comfer's got another year left on his contract and he's at 3.5 yeah. million, which is a lot for what he's producing, which I think yes. is about 15, 16 points this season so far. And like, that's just not a huge output. No, he's a shutdown guy and, and, a, and a face-off guy. Yeah, the face-off aspect of it was the reason why I thought he would be a decent 
like throw in in mm-hmm. the deal just because obviously the Flyers would be missing a huge face off guy in Claude oh, yeah. Giroux. And again, just to kind of fill that role for the remainder of this season. But again, it's a high salary for his level with another year on the contract. So to me, that's kind of, of risky. And I, I don't know that I love it. But again, maybe this is a situation where I don't get exactly what I want in getting an existing player and we get an additional pick or another prospect and and go with it. Um, I think that would be easier for the Avalanche as well. I think what's best for them would be Kelt and, and Hellison, even if there is no other pick, because Kelt can play next year. He's already played some NHL games and Hellison might be able to play. Now, again, you have to get the okay or the secret wink from his advisor that he's going to sign with you when the season ends. And if he mm-hmm. does that, then you could bring him in after BC season's over, let him go in the A, see what he gives you there, start looking at him, and maybe at some point next year, or even at the beginning of next year, uh, you give him a look in the NHL because he is that close. And, and he really has developed a lot in the last two years. So I think with those two, it fills the gap. It, it, it actually... It fills out the what you're looking for. All right, let's move to the Minnesota Wild, which is, I think, the second most frequently talked about team that the Flyers could potentially deal with. They do have a 2022 first mm-hmm. round pick, so that is something to consider. Um, as far as their prospects go like for me I don't see as many options to draw from that I would be especially interested in Uh, Carson Lambos to me is the one that stands out the most but what about you well I'll tell you if I would take a first and if I could somehow get Boldy in the deal I might even give you something else they're not giving up Boldy I know but I have to have the conversation yeah I I mean that's true that's I have to have the conversation and I'm willing to even give you something else in return so I'm talking about Boldy. And that if we can't come to an agreement there, listen, Kalen Addison's great, but Garen loves Kalen Addison, and he pried mm-hmm. him out of the uh, Penguins organization. So there's no way you're getting Kalen Addison. See, that's what I was thinking uh, about him. And so that's why I went to Carson Lambos. Lambos. And I like Lambos. And I've spoken to him and watched him play, and he's got really good open ice ability and skating and his defense is getting better, and his zone entries are great. I don't know how many points he's actually going to put up at the NHL level, but everything else is there, and I think you know you could put him in a second-pairing role. So I think Lambos is is a totally reasonable guy. So if you want to give me Lambos the first and the second, I'll do mm-hmm. it. Looking at their existing roster and who you could potentially pick up, I mean, the only name that jumps out as somebody that they'd be willing to move is Victor Rask, and I don't like that at all. I know, exactly. So I think, you know, with with them, you would have to go for that additional pick. That's really your only option there. The the third team that has been mentioned, although probably the least likely, is St. Louis. And 
their cap situation is extremely tight, like even worse than Colorado's. And so they would have to either trade somebody back to Philly with a high salary. Somebody said Braden Shen, and I almost lost it. I know it's but, not going to happen. <laughs> it's not Don't happening. Worry. Not only is it not happening, but he's getting paid six point five million for four more years. Like that's just untenable to take on at this point. So untenable. I, I, wow, that's like that's a really good GM word. <laughs> Well, I try. I try. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't see how they could manage it, again, without getting rid of another big salary. Now, if they trade Braden Chen to somebody else to make the room, that's a whole other story. I don't think I'm going with them, but look, Dylan Peterson just got MVP of the Bean Pot. I like him. He was with the program. He's going to take another two or three years to develop because he's a power forward. He, he does have ability, and he is a really good skater. If he puts it all together, he could be a hell of a package. But again, that's a little bit of an if. I like Jake Neighbors. I think Neighbors uh, would be that other guy where you say, all right, let's go with him because he has speed. He's got a lot of offensive ability, skill. He has a little grit to his game. I would take Jake Neighbors and a first and some other pick. That would be fine. I don't think, and if and and if I if they said, well, you got to take someone off the roster too, um, I would take Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman's a really good bottom pair defenseman. I've watched him his whole career, and he's developing. Mm-hmm. And and Jake Wallman is has plays a really good um, sort of nondescript by the book game, and that would be fine if you want to give me neighbors and Wallman and a first. I could do something with that, but that's still not where I necessarily want to be. Yeah, I agree with you there. I just think the options with the other two teams we've talked about so far are much better. So I I don't think that St. Louis is the right trading partner. Now, is there anybody else other than those three? I, I know it's less likely, you know, for an East team to be the destination. But, you know, it is something worth talking about. Yeah, I think Florida. I mean, the, the deal that I would do with, with Florida would be um... – they have Grigory Denisenko, who is 21 years old, former first-round pick of theirs, who just wasn't rounded out enough yet to to make the big club. I think he has like 18 points this year, nine goals. And that is a guy that has a high offensive upside. Uh, there is also a potential he could miss a little bit, but I would take that upside because that's the kind of player that the Flyers don't have. And then Lucas Carlson is a really good defenseman who makes you know minimum, little over that who blocks shots. He's been really good in their system. He moves the puck. He gets some points. He could be another one of those all-purpose kind of defensemen that the Flyers could need. If you want to give me a first in those two, I'd do it. And then if it's, you know, if I'm trading with the Rangers, I think you could maybe get Kratzoff and Niels Lundqvist from them. And if they give you a first in those two or like a conditional first in those two or even a 23 first in those two, I might do it because... Kratzoff is a little bit of a risk, but if you look at yeah. what he can do, he plays defense, he's really fast, and he scores. His only issue was he was a little immature, and I think him and Drury just didn't see eye to eye. But in Russia, he had a good year at the KHL. This guy can play. I'm not telling you he's 100% guaranteed to hit, but I'm telling you he's like, you know, 75% going to hit. And if he hits, he'll hit He'll hit really good. So, And then Lundqvist is a very good defenseman. Flyers fans maybe saw him in the prospect game last year. He just hasn't found his spot with the Rangers, but he's kind of like an all-purpose guy. He can move the puck really well. He has offensive ability. He's not going to run the power play, 
but at even strength and those kinds of things and maybe even penalty kill down the line, he could do those things. He's just, the Rangers have a glut of defensemen, which is a good thing for them to have. So he would be the odd man out. All right. Well, we'll see how all of this plays out. It could be soon. It could be after that thousandth game. It's going to be after the thousandth game. We know that. Well, hopefully it will. But we've got a couple of NHL items to talk about and gritty when we come back. But first, let's hear about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where you find where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, a little bit of news and such before we get into our couple of gritty things. First off, I think it's really good that they are rescheduling a bunch of the international tournaments Mm -hmm. uh, coming up. So we've got World Juniors that will be in August. We've got the women's under 18s that are going to be in June. So and the good thing about it is that the eligibility from when they got canceled will be maintained. So even if you technically have aged out of being able to play in them, it won't matter. It'll go by when the tournament should have taken place. So all these guys will get a chance to play if they're still available. The ones that want to, like, I don't know, will Mm -hmm. Shane Wright play in it? Probably not. Probably not. Um, uh, There's going to be like, couple of weeks of action in uh in edmonton for a couple of the different tournaments so that'll be fun uh that'll be an interesting thing and then um there's more news to come too about international stuff but i can't really talk about it just yet but i will soon (laughs) all right we also saw the return of jack eichel to the ice and unfortunately in that game nolan patrick was hit by nathan mckinnon kind of hit his head on the ice and it was not pretty um, yeah, I, I just feel so bad for him. Worst case scenario for him. I mean, McKinnon's not a dirty player, but he is a star player in the league, and he was going for the puck. And when he hit him, he definitely hit him in the head, and mm-hmm. he definitely fell back and hit his head. Uh, it was more than an interference, and he should get a one-game suspension. The fact that he's not getting a suspension just proves that every, what everybody already knows, that guys like Crosby and him will get fewer penalty minutes in-game for an egregious act, and then most likely not a suspension. So, if anything, all it did was just strengthen our belief in that. Yep. I don't know. It's always such a mess with those things, and there's a fine it line. Is. And with Patrick, I mean, you never know when the one is going to be the last one, unfortunately. And they no. were counting on him for their for their playoff run, so I don't know. Well, wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week, uh, just a couple of things. There was a TikTok with some more interaction in Las Vegas with the Super Bowl mascot. And this was a, a particular dance meme on on TikTok with a drop it challenge. And there was blue from the Colts, which we saw last time. And then we saw the Vikings mascot in there as well. Can I ask for further clarification? Is the drop it thing like drop it while it's hot? Is that what you're? No, it's a different song. It's a different song. But it's just a a 
TikTok thing that was going on. Do we on. really think that the mascots kind of call each other up and, and get together and want to have, like, you know, a little fun on a Friday night or a Saturday night and no. that's how this happened? No. I the don't answer either. is okay. no. This is okay. all marketing. <laughs> And then the other thing is, you know, the Flyers do their charity auctions every now and again. And, you know, a lot of times it's jerseys and stuff. This time around, and this particular auction is closed, but I thought it was cool because it was a package of two tickets to a game. But then you also get to get caked by Gritty. Do you want to get caked by Gritty? I a don't. A lot of people do. They're really? Like, yes. It's it's a thing. People have done it. Somebody held up a sign and said, Gritty, please cake me. And then it came true like a couple weeks later. Y- you know what? Honestly, if Gritty cakes me, I'm throwing the cake right back at him. I'm sure somebody in the marketing department would have something to say about that and send you the dry cleaning bill. But that's the New Yorker in me. I don't care. You're throwing that cake at me? Watch it come right back at you, buddy. Yeah, I just think gritty throwing cake is fun. It is fun, though. I agree. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We're going to look at the back-to-back with Carolina and St. Louis coming up. We'll have our nemesis of the week as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ and I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great weekend, everyone.